I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. Autumn is my favorite time of the year. This quarter of September through to December, in fact, is my favorite few months of the year. I like the jumper and boots, cozy clothing. I like the hot chocolates, the changing colors, the changing textures, the smell in the air. I just really love autumn. It gives me all of those cues of safety and comfort and nurture um, that I do so well with, that we all do so well with. Now, for some of us, it'll have been summer and these kind of cooler, darker days are are trickier. But for me, this is my time. This is my season. But the evenings are getting darker earlier. And so some of that outdoor playtime that we've been enjoying, that's going to change a bit. And I thought it would be good to think about how our play with our children also shifts and changes as the seasons do. The summer play of inflatable pools, garden hoses, sticky sun cream, dripping ice creams, that might be over. And I think we did relatively well, you know, especially in Ireland when summer can be so unpredictable. We did have a good run of really good weather um, to get outside and enjoy that kind of play. But now our children are going to be back indoors earlier in the evenings. And rather than defaulting to turning the screens on, let's think about ways to play with the season. As I said, autumn is full of new colors and textures. It's one of my favorite things about autumn. So talk about these changes as you walk with your young children. You know, there was research done that showed parents who talk about the world, about science, about the physical environment, talk about things with their children are more likely to foster pretend and imaginative play. And there's so much that you can do with that. You point things out and you wonder about it, express curiosity, bring their attention to the changes um, and, and show them how the leaves are brown, how they're orange or red, how they're falling, how they feel crunchy now but also play with it, okay? So for example, I'm going to describe some of this. I hope it translates verbally because I do all of this gesticulation with my hands when I'm recording these podcasts as if you can see me and of course you can't. But right now, this is what I'm modeling for you. So try making a leaf boat. And this means taking two leaves. One is going to be a little bigger than the other. Make the bigger leaf the base and carefully, maybe using like, a matchstick or, you know, just a needle or something like that. Carefully make a hole to push the stem of the other leaf through it. So the top leaf is going to remain standing on the base leaf and then just fold it kind of lightly into a curve shape, that top standing one. So it creates what is now a sail for your boat. Then place your base leaf with its new sail, place it in a basin of water and just have your child blow it softly and then stronger and talk about how the soft blow means the leaf boat moves a little, but the strong blow means that it goes fast. And then you can start talk to them about how the wind and how it changes over the seasons and it blows harder or it blows softer. And now look, in these COVID times, if you're listening going, oh, not so keen on the blowing, um, if that's not ideal for you, then you can give them a fan to waft and move the boat. And again, if you're going, gosh, where will I find a fan? 
you can just take a piece of paper and fold it backwards and forwards and, you know, create a fan. You can keep this as simple as you like. With older children, make a couple of boats and have a race with them. You might even want to put them in the bath. And so you've got broader space for them to go. And I think this is really nice. And look, if you're outdoors and there happens to be puddles and let's be honest, there often is, you know, you could take your little boat outside and just let it float in a puddle either. But it's a nice autumn activity that allows you to really highlight and think and talk about the changes of the season. Sticking with my leaf leaf or leaves idea, collect some leaves and do some crayon and paper tracings with them. You know, place the paper over the leaf and rub on top with the crayon, you know, make nice prints. You could then actually help them to cut these out and even thread them onto wool to hang as an autumn garland somewhere in the house. You can also stick the leaves down onto paper and space them out. You know, just use like a glue stick or something to do that or just even maybe a little bit of blue tack to lightly stick them down. Okay, space them out and then let your child fill the page with paint. So when they lift up the leaves, the outline of the leaf stands out from the painted picture, painted page. Okay, you've got the 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 gaps, in other words, that the leaves leave. And if this kind of messy play gets you sweating under the collar, the idea of like paint all over the place, you know, consider a paper tablecloth or wrapping the area of the table with art roll paper or wallpaper lining, something like that, and give them paper plates with the paint poured onto them. So when you're done, you can easily unwrap the table and dispose of all of the mess with minimal cleanup. I think that can help some of us who might be uncomfortable with the messy play to kind of contain it, because as I've mentioned before, it is really important that our children get access to messy play because it's our way of showing them and reminding them that we can contain their external mess so they can feel safe bringing us their internal chaos and mess and that we'll contain and manage that with and for them as well. Keeping with the leaves theme, though, you can go back and you can draw or paint the trunk of a tree just you know on a big piece of paper yourself just do a brown trunk of a tree make it a big one and do some branches and don't do any leaves just draw the branches and then you can let them stick leaves onto it at home you know you could get a really you know one of those large rolls of paper and stick a huge long piece to the back of a door so that the tree that you draw or paint the trunk is really really big and maybe each day on the way home from school they pick up a new leaf and they can come home and stick it with a glue stick onto their tree and create a little bit of bringing the outside inside and create their own tree at home. You know, with older children, though, you might want to make it on a smaller page and then they have the extra challenge of collecting a leaf but cutting mini leaf shapes out of the larger leaves to refashion it into a tree with real leaves onto a page. Just increases the level of challenge and engagement a bit more for them and that can be very effective with older children. And I always think, you know, this is the season when people put up those beautiful autumnal fancy door wreaths onto their door and they look so beautiful. And if you like the look of those, but you want to do something that's a little bit more child focused and crafty, you could make and cut out their handprints on a range of autumnal colored paper. So lots of browns and reds and oranges, and you get lots and lots of their little handprints. And however many children you have, as many handprints as you can, you can put your own in there as well. And you could get super creative. And if you have a family pet, try to add a paw print or two in there as well. 
arrange all of the handprints onto a cardboard. You could get some just cardboard and make a circle, cut it out so you make a wreath and stick all of the handprints onto that. And basically what you're doing is you're making an autumnal wreath of handprints that's very personal to your family. Now, obviously, it's paper and it's cardboard and it isn't weatherproof. So rather than hang it on your door in case it blows away or gets rained on, you could stick it to your window facing outwards um, and that'll keep it safe no matter what the weather is. I always remember in my own childhood at this time of year playing with conkers um, you know gathering up the fallen horse chestnuts threading them with a string to play against each other and I loved doing this I actually also like to find uh, amongst all the conkers one of those really lovely shiny ones and I would slip it into my pocket and keep it there for ages and just have it there to rub when I was feeling tired or maybe a bit worried I always found the texture very soothing um, it's very sensory you can also make um, acorn or conquer streamers and turn it into an outdoor or indoor, I guess you could do it indoor. But yeah, it's a nice way of getting some outdoor play as well because it becomes like a throwing activity. So what it involves is you make a streamer by cutting strips of paper different colors it could be newspaper it could be wrapping paper gift paper it could be shiny paper whatever you have and gather some of them together so that you make a little bunch of them and stick them to your acorn or your conker so now it has like this tail if you like of little strips of paper and then stand in the st in the same spot so you're in line with each other and on your cue do ready, steady, go. But if you've got an anticipatory child, maybe say, when I say acorn, we're going to throw them because that way they have to stay with you and nobody can preempt on steady that they get to throw theirs first because that just causes tension and rouse, let's be honest. But you're going to stand in the same spot on your cue. Everybody's going to throw their streamer upwards and forward. And you're going to see who can throw the acorn or the conquer streamers, who can, who can throw them the furthest you can increase the challenge by making it a competition otherwise you can take that little bit out of it and just say let's throw them and have fun with it and see how long does it take them to go up and fall down and keep repeating it okay I think it's just a fun way to do that um, gather up maybe some of the conkers as well and add in some acorns some pine cones and um, things that are very typical around this time of year and then sit at home and make creatures or characters out of them you could take out your you know those little sticky eyes we all have in the craft sets craft bags or boxes or drawers we have get some scraps of wool or material whatever you have little pom-poms um, and stick them you know maybe with some matchsticks as well and just basically stick a face and some hair and legs or limbs onto the pine cones the acorns the conkers whatever you have and you're going to make kind of wacky characters or creatures out of them and then play with them together make up a backstory um, you could interview them and say hi welcome welcome to the family where do you come from what's your name what's your story and have fun with it that way so you bring a little bit more of that creative imaginative play into the mix and because of all the changing colors and textures autumn is offering you can have a lot of fun making sensory bowls with all of the bits you can gather up it's very it's a dry sensory bowl so you can get everything that is autumn related from leaves to acorns to conkers to pine cones to any bits that you can find twigs anything like that 
fill a bowl and let your children play with it at home or just pour it all out onto a tray and they can play with it that way. You could also take it a step further and make an autumn scavenger hunt. So you write out a list of things and they have to go off around your garden or if you're out somewhere together and, you know, in a large park or play space, they can move away from you a bit and come back to you. They have a list. They have to find a red leaf, an orange leaf, a brown leaf. They have to find the smallest leaf they can, the largest leaf they can. Um, as put on your list that they have to find evidence of a bird or an animal that could be a track or it could be a print or it could be a feather. They have to look for a nest and note where it is, obviously not interfere with or touch it. And they have to take a bark rubbing. So you want to give them a piece of paper and a crayon or a piece of chalk and they can put it up against a tree and get a bark rubbing. They have to close their eyes and feel the wind and take a deep breath and then note down what do they smell in the air. And also I would always add on these kinds of scavenger hunts, what was the most interesting thing you saw? Because everybody can come up with their own answer for that one. But that's a really nice way of getting some outdoor play in in this season as well. It's also pumpkin season and have fun with these, you know, carve them with funny expressive faces or if the carving is too much hassle and messy and you don't want to get the kind of knives and carving tools out, simply paint them and decorate them. They can look fantastic. Um, if you can get like, you know, a pumpkin or one of the baby ones, I think they're called gourds. If you can get one for each of you, you know, everyone has their own one and lay out all your arts and crafts. They can individualize them. You get a lot of playtime out of that. They can display them at home regardless of how they look. Don't be worried about them messing up your autumnal theme. Just let them do it and have fun with it, even if it's the most disco-tastic, glittery pumpkin you've ever seen. Great. Uh, use the flesh that you might be cutting out of the pumpkins to make soup, and they could help you with that, um, or a pumpkin curry, and they can learn a lot about that. But it, children really like helping with cooking, and it's a nice sensory nurture-based activity to do. But if you're scooping out the seeds and, you know, those stringy bits when you're carving pumpkins, save those to one side and put them on a tray and invite your children to make some pumpkin art with them. You know, they can use the seeds as eyes or teeth, the stringy bits as hair and other ghoulish looking things. But they can just play with it, a bit of sensory tactile play with the stringy bits and the seeds. Um, it'll occupy them as well when the pumpkins are decorated and get you that little bit more 10 extra minutes, 15 extra minutes. That'll count. You can also make seasonal themed Play-Doh by adding cocoa powder for brown or maybe an orange food dye. Um, maybe sprinkle in some cinnamon into your mix and then it's going to be very sensory Play-Doh and you could play sculptionary games with it. You know, again, just write down simple household things on scraps of paper. Everyone takes one out and they have a set amount of time to use their Play-Doh to sculpt the thing and see, can we guess what it is? Have fun with it, basically. And look at after all your leaves and your conkers and your pumpkins, when you're all crafted out, why don't you just bring the duvet from the bed, make hot chocolates and curl up together on the sofa to watch a movie or read a book, maybe do both. Um, keep with the autumnal theme here. You might want to watch some Halloween movies, read Halloween themed books. And then, you know, you can always extend this and move it towards the Christmas themes with the same nurture sofa snuggles as you get closer to Christmas time. You know, the season is long and Christmas starts so, so early. So, you know, really explore early autumn before you get into the Christmas themed stuff.
I also think this is a season of scarves. So let's look at some ways that we can play with our scarves when we're back home. You could play tug of war with the little ones, have them pull you over onto them for a snuggle or you pull them into your arms for an embrace. Make it a team event, have all the kids against the parents. If your children are older, you increase the level of challenge in tug of war by having them use only one hand to do the tug of war. And then for the next round, it's one hand, but their thumb raised upwards because that just makes it harder. It increases the level of challenge and see how it goes. And for the competitive parent amongst us, try to hold in mind if you do three rounds that your child should win two out of three rounds. And we want to focus on effort over outcome, but we don't want to show how much bigger and stronger we are all the time. You could also take two scarves, stand opposite each other, holding one one end each of the two scarves and using the stretched out scarves to bend down and pick up a balloon, just using the scarves, hold it in place and then walk the balloon around the room and back again. You could even say, let's hop and keep the balloon there. The challenge is to keep the balloon held between the scarves while you move around. So you can make that as challenging as you like. You could then use the same scarves to toss the balloon into the air and see, can you catch it with the scarves again? Drop one scarf and using one scarf only stretched out between you, blow a cotton ball over and back. The aim being to keep it on the scarf to co-regulate your breathing together rather than score goals or get it off the scarf. And look again, being COVID sensitive, if you'd rather not do anything that involves blowing, um, you know, because this is likely to be one of our dodgier cold and flu seasons, let's be honest, simply tilt and lift the scarf to move the cotton ball and send it backwards and forwards between you. You then give them the scarf and let them play alone. Let them use the scarf for imaginative play. A scarf can be a superhero cape, a shawl, a bandage for an arm. It can wrap up a dolly or a teddy. You could spread a big scarf out and sit together on it and have a picnic with the toys or a picnic together. You could gather a few large scarves and blankets and they could build a fort or you could build a fort with them to play in. They can have their snack in it. Another one I do with the blanket is sit my little one in the middle of a blanket and then I run around the house dragging her, calling it a magic carpet ride. Then I lie her down on one edge of it and I roll her up in the whole blanket right over to the other edge, roll her tightly like a sausage roll and I pull the other end so she unrolls onto some cushions I've laid out or, you know, if somebody else is there, if her dad is there, that he'll catch her when I unroll her. Um, And that's a nice fun way to do kind of magic carpet ride into blanket roll, something like that. There's endless games you can play with scarves and blankets. Basically, what I'm saying is use the colors, the smells, the textures, the natural props that nature provides us with in this season to broaden out our play activities. I really like to explore ways that we can make our play seasonal and we can change and evolve attuned with the seasons. I hope you find these suggestions useful. I hope you find them fun. Um, I'd also love to hear what you come up with and what autumnal play activities you love to do as a family. So please do tag me on social media at Joanna Fortune or hashtag 15 Minute Parenting so that I can have a look at what you get up to. Whatever you do, enjoy it. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-minute parenting.